0: What's going on, Skytown? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K. With me on the mic, as always, is your co-host, Chris Pennant. Chris, we are just coming off of, like, what, 15 minutes ago from the Sky being one win away from going back to the WNBA Finals. And, man, it has been a long ride to get there. It feels like the, these playoffs have been longer than the regular season in some cases. I mean... In some way, shape, or form, it just feels like this has been dragging out for a while. So how are you feeling, man? I mean, that was a wild game coming off of that somewhat of a blowout before garbage time uh, last game.
1: Yeah, that game sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from a basketball perspective, <laughs> uh, I'm sure James Wade and the coaching staff will say it was a great game because they won. Uh, but that game sucked, man. It, w- it was... It was so ugly at so many different times. The the sky would get on a, a run. They would cobble together a run. Then the sun would cobble together a run. And it, it, that in itself is fundamental basketball. But the way that it was getting done, boy, oh boy, oh boy. It, it sat there at a two-point sky lead at the end for nearly, what, four minutes, I think? And then the sky got a jumper from Emma Miesemann to push it to a four-point game. They they oh they nearly gave the game away again. Like you said, it was giving game three of the semis vibes last year when the Sun had the chance to uh, win or tie was it tied the game or win on that layup?
0: Oh, I think it would have been for the lead, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I think they would have been able to get the lead if they had tied the if the January had hit that layup. But it's oh god, that was an ugly game of basketball. The sky did just enough to get the W.
0: If you were to tell me, like, heading into this game, that the sky were going to be out rebounded by 11, score less than six points in the paint than the sun, and shoot like just over 37% from the field and still win this game, I would have been like, Chris, lay off the sativa, man. Like, there's no way that. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no way. Like, I really thought that the sky were a little bit in trouble coming out of the first half, but then. You could definitely feel an energy switch just a little bit in that first couple minutes of the third quarter, and again, things were still up and down. I mean, it again, was not the best offensive performance by the sky by any means, but it did feel like they came out with a different type of attack and were just able to kind of make make it work. I know, I mean, again, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, I just feel like the sky are one of these teams, no matter how talented they are, their quirk is just keeping things close until they just absolutely need to strike and it's kind of what happened today i mean but i'm curious like what do you, what stood out to you today compared to game one and also we're going to have a game two episode coming out we had a couple of scheduling things that got a little bit weird but i'm curious chris like i mean they again just steamrolled connecticut in game two what was it today that stood out to you for why the sky were able to separate themselves from connecticut
1: I figured today would be somewhat like Game One. Connecticut was home; they had the energy, they had the crowd on their side. And no matter what anybody tells you, home crowds will affect referees, and the referees were very content early on to let the game play out, similar to Game One. And the SkyWright kind of able to take that on the chin and continue. They didn't get, uh, they didn't let themselves get the first punch on them. Uh, Connecticut went up by a few early. And they had the lead at the end of the first quarter, but it didn't really feel like game one to me in the same, in a similar way. Uh, The Skies bench played much better. Uh, I thought they played, I thought they played about the best they have all series. And Azrae Stevens got pressed into action early. I thought that was really important. Uh, Candace Parker getting hit in the eye uh, early in the first quarter, forced uh, James Wade to bring Azrae Stevens in early. Courtney Vandersuit had two fouls within the first minute of play. And he stuck with her, which, as Stephen Trinkwald said, is what a good coach would do. Is Imagine how many bad coaches would have pulled Courtney Vandersloot there.
0: Actually, though, actually, I can't, it drives me nuts. when, Especially when you have a star like Courtney Vandersloot, she's not going to fall out of the game, okay? She's just not going to. And uh, obviously, adjustments are made. That's when stars get pissed off and start chirping. It's so funny when you see <laughs> even national people being like, oh watch out Courtney and Courtney has two fouls Emma has three fouls it's like are we really doing this dance every single time my legs are worn out <laughs> my legs are worn out from this dance but sorry what were you saying
1: <laughs> no it was it was just that uh I thought that the skies bench played a lot a lot better Azra Stevens in particular I thought stood up to the Connecticut press uh much more stoutly than she had all series she still had a a below-average scoring night, and it showed that she was minus 11 because I think when Connecticut made their comeback in, in the third quarter, she was on the floor for a lot of that. But when she came in in the first half, she uh, like the Sun liked to press her. When Z gets uh, defensive rebounds, the Sun likes to press and see if they can get takeaways, see if they can challenge her, um, I think, mental fortitude. Yeah. And she really stood up to it. She was able to get some touches. She got three from the corner. Hallelujah. We got a <laughs> corner three from Azare, finally. And she, she was able to make plays down the stretch. And it, it didn't necessarily set the tone for the team. But I thought that, that that energy carried from one unit to the other. So I think that the sky really stood up to the, the physicality that, that Connecticut wanted, They wanted to get the game muddy and messy. They wanted to make it like um, a knockdown drag out fight legitimately. And as hard as everybody got hit and there were some hard fucking hits, the sky were able to withstand it and they didn't break on defense. They didn't allow Connecticut to get good shots at the rim. They didn't allow them to get open jumpers. Julie was running around pressing on defense um, he played well. Everybody was, yeah. Everybody was was rotating well on the perimeter. So that's what I saw. I saw this guy stand up to Connecticut's physicality today.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, this was something that Ezra Stevens said, which I thought was interesting after Game One. How the Sky were not—they're not, not going to beat teams by being overly physical with them. They're—I like, think Ezra said like we're not Connecticut in that way. And then James Wade came on afterward and said, "No, like." We are that team. I think we're capable of playing physically like Connecticut played in game one. And you can really feel that message being felt from James Wade heading into these last two games, especially because the sky just punched Connecticut in the mouth today in the paint. I mean, the sun shot 37.5% in the paint, which is just so below their standards. And John Quell Jones wasn't able to get things going you saw the sky being able to, again, just punch back, keep punching back. I mean, it's not like the sky were great down low either. I mean, they they shot 46.9% in the paint. I think they were closer to like 60, 62% last game. And because, again, they're just one of the better teams in the W when it comes to efficiency around the rim. And the sky were able to really just take Connecticut out of this one by just, again, making them feel uncomfortable. I do think that there was some points of the game where I'm like, Connecticut really started to figure things out offensively just a little bit. Courtney Williams wasn't really overshooting the ball and taking Connecticut, like just having lost possessions with contested mid-range shots that, like late in the shot clock, that, again, just keeping the ball moving would have kind of alleviated some of those attempts that, again, you just kind of have to eliminate in a series like this. I just thought that uh, she cannot, Chicago was the better team today and the, their ability to just punch back again since game one really kind of summed up this game for me
1: yeah i think connecticut for whatever reason had so many chances to find John jonquil jones and just really didn't take them there mm-hmm. and i mean there was there were a couple times where i saw one for John jonquil where she got the three second violation where she had the mismatch switch on rebecca gardner and then I think Bree Jones had to switch onto Julie or Allie possibly on the same side of the floor. And the the ball never went in. The ball never went into the paint. The ball never went down to the post, I should say. And that's a mistake. You know, I don't this is a sky podcast, but there's some things that Connecticut could be seemingly taking advantage of when and they're not. They they just aren't. And I know that there's a way that you you run your offense and Elizabeth Thomas is a great piece to have and utilize. But when Jonquo Jones goes 10 for 17 in game two and then three for 10 in game three and doesn't play the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, something, while. something's up. Yeah. Something's just up. We remember, I think we discussed it last year. It's like, hey, is Jonquo Jones hurt? Because she didn't get touches in game one. And then for the rest of the series, she was averaging over 16 points, I believe. But this is kind of the same thing that we're looking at. We're looking at Connecticut not properly utilizing their former MVP, and that, if uh, as as much as anything else that happened today, uh, this guy also shooting perfect, near perfect from the line, that was as much of a factor in today's win.
0: Absolutely, what Connecticut has just been a little bit off free throw wise. I mean, they, yeah, they missed five today. That ended up being the difference maker in this, of course. But yeah, John Quell Jones, like not being, I mean, she played 24 minutes today. Like, holy shit. Obviously, Bree Jones was just doing her thing today. I mean, she looks like just a different player than what we saw from her in last year's playoffs, obviously. But John Quell Jones, it's just been, I'm a little bit lost with this. And I do, I mean, this is the difference between having Jasmine Thomas on your roster, being able to initiate offense for you versus having Courtney Williams, who was there, to be the sixth person off the bench. And we've seen this play out the entire season. And I, I think I value Courtney Williams more than some other people do. But okay. it is something that I, I don't know. They the, For JJ to only go, like again, get 24 minutes in this game. I mean, if you're this guy, you must be so freaking happy just being able to one they were able to play their game today they only had six fast break points but like when they needed to like break out and do and get some early offense going like they were able to if jj is going to play 24 minutes and the sky are just going to be able again a lot of things they need to correct on the offensive end um but at the same time if jj is playing 24 minutes the sky are winning this series and it's not even going to be close i mean i part, i do think that the sky finished things up a couple days from now, and that's just going to be it for the sun because I just don't know how you're, how this formula is actually going to overcome the the, the team on the other end.
1: Yeah. It's just not good to watch again. It's just (laughs) not good to watch. It's the sky flourish when they can get out on the run. And I think playing this team just kind of is like a mental jackhammer at the end of the game. Candace Parker was talking to Kalia Copper, and Cod looked more dejected than I've seen her. And it's just, I've never seen her look like that because of the fact that she was getting knocked to the ground on every drive. There was a couple, there was at least one foul that wasn't called, and Emma Misman, yeah. after a bucket, was talking to Codd, too. And she was just having a terrible time of it. Out there, She still put up 15 points, hit all her free throws, which I think is a very good sign of of a team's fortitude. If you're getting hit like that, then you might take it to the foul line because you didn't get the basket, you didn't get a call somewhere else. But she hit all six of her free throws, and they were key. Those were very key free throws. But damn, man, it's like between that, the way that the real officiating called the game in the first half versus the second, and Alyssa Thomas sticking her knee out into Candace Parkers on, on a on a potential fast break. Like, bro, nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see a quality player doing that to another legend of the game. That's just Bush. And I don't know why I'm getting so riled up about it now, but that shit was Bush, man. And a lot of things in this game were were like that today. It's just, it was real ugly. And I want... Like, if, if there's anything, I, if there's any way I want this guy to close out game four, it's from getting that high flying offense, hitting five threes in the first half and putting this team down in a 20 point hole early, man. I had no beef with Connecticut before before today, realistically, legitimately. But damn, that sucked to watch. And if that's the game that they want to play, then people are going to watch it. People are going to tune in for Ace's Storm. People are going to want to see this Connecticut team anymore. if This is the style of play that they're going to they're going to put out on display. So if that's what it's going to be, then get Kurt out of that head coaching job. And like we were talking in the spaces earlier, trade JJ to a team that can utilize her talents to the fullest. Oh, I got pissed. I just got pissed, man. I just got (laughs) pissed off.
0: (laughs) I would love to see her surrounded by shooting, like the way that Las Vegas is kind of done with Asia Wilson. But I think that even more being just dirty, I think it's even kind of worse than that for them. From a competitive standpoint, they just look desperate. They just look desperate when you do when you pull shit like that. And on the replay, it looked a little bit more malicious than it did live. And I I I could see why the officials would have missed that live because then you're going back on the other end. And I could see why that. I think officiating basketball is so tough these days, especially because of the the most
1: difficult job.
0: I do think though that like Connecticut just looks desperate at this point. They didn't look des- desperate in game one. They came out of game two, probably feeling like, okay, we're at least tied one, one when the sky started to really get things going. And I mean, they only, their biggest lead was only like six points or something like that. They still, they just look desperate. They just looked desperate. Chicago just looked like a better team than them in the second half even. And they have some players on there that can rise up, but at the same time, like the sun just needed more out of, their front court than they got tonight. And if you got a a game where Courtney Williams and Natisha Heideman score 26 points combined and you waste that performance when that's what they really needed, that's what the sun really needed after these first two games. Like the front court is what, I mean, give Emma Mieseman and and Candace Parker all the fucking credit in the world for this and Ka obviously. I just think that what Emma did tonight or today um, is just something that this is why she continues to be so underrated and undervalued by the fans at times. Cause like there's the subtleties of what she does of erasing shots at, like not even just erasing shots at the rim, but like just being patient, erasing like high opportunity shots at the rim and not even letting people get there in the first place of just either deflecting balls out of bounds or poking balls away. She's just, incredible and she's like one of one honestly when it comes to some of this stuff and it it gets a lot wiped away because of what Candace does obviously because Candace is also just again all world defensively not according to the voters but um you know I just thought what this guy's front court did today to just not let Alyssa Thomas beat them on the short roll or in the pick and roll or (laughs) and John Jones just being frustrated throughout the entire game you just got to give them all the credit.
1: Uh, I, I I noticed that the Sky on defense are switching to having the help side perimeter defender dig down yeah. instead of the other big, and it's eliminating a lot of good looks that Connecticut would get on scrambles, but thank you for bringing up Emma Reasonman, because that brought me out of my rant. <laughs> God, Emma in the fourth quarter, she took the tack that Candace does and just kind of rallying the team with her with her play all around. Her defensive play in the fourth quarter was stellar. She had a couple of deflections and takeaways when it looked like Connecticut was either gassed or just getting sloppy again. And that was the time to step on their neck. And Emma did that starting a few breaks. There was a key play late in the fourth where on a a tap out loose ball that was getting knocked around, she went to the floor to grab it and pick it between two Connecticut defenders. And the Sun, as you all know, are going to hit the boards hard, and they had 10 offensive rebounds today, but that's one they didn't get because Emma had made sure to get the ball, keep it alive. She pretty much dove on it. I think there was an opportunity to call a timeout, but she saw that she had help and kicked it back to Courtney VanderSloot or Allie Quigley to get the ball ahead to, to the front court. And then on the same play, she found Ka having posted up I think Odyssey Sims and no, she posted up Heidemann underneath the basket. Like she brought her from the low block to the foul circle or sorry, to the, um, Oh, to the no charge circle. Mm-hmm. And, and Emma, had, look, the shot clock was winding down. She had jumped out to near the outside uh, arc to, to get a pass down. And instead of trying to, you know, take it by herself, she turned, found Ka hit her with a pass, got two free throws out of it just in that second, in those 10 or 15 seconds of play, Emma put the sky up and gave them a lead that they wouldn't relinquish. And she, for, for my money, she was player of the game today. She was absolutely the player of the game. She, the sky needed her in that moment. Um, when Ka wasn't wasn't able to get going, when Ka started to get going in the fourth, uh, I think those three players, Emma, Ka, and Candace, but especially Emma, carried them home today.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ka had a tough game today there was a moment in the fourth quarter. Where I'm like, Oh no, now it's coming. Like this is fourth quarter Ka and yeah. it's coming right now. And you know, she had like, again, just getting to the free throw line. She had nine points in the fourth quarter. Emma Miesem six assists, man. Like you just said, like to me, that's probably the biggest thing that stands out on the box score tonight. Like today, I'm always saying, I'm so used to saying tonight, <laughs> um, like, Obviously, Allie Quigley going one for seven and one for 11 from the field, like that obviously hurts, but there's nothing there that we're, there's new territory here. Like sometimes shots are going to just not go down. Um, You know, the sky, I think it says it's more positive that the sky were able to get away with this win with Allie shooting that way than not being able to. But Emma Mieseman, her as a playmaker today and Sloot coming down, like down the stretch, I think she had like three or four assists in the fourth quarter as well. It was just one of those, games where like the little details were just going to be the ones that stood in between a win and a loss for the the sky and what emma was able to do i mean i mean it wasn't even just that ali was a little bit off from beyond the arc and just shooting today just wasn't wasn't her usual self i mean candace parker didn't have the greatest second half either i mean emma miseman was the one that really led them today and she's the the, she was the difference between them winning this game and losing it so i'm in complete agreement with you on that um is there anything on the sky's end that you were impressed by even outside of what we just talked about like is there anything you want them specifically to carry from game three to game four
1: uh that harassment at the rim just to say i i know we talked about it already but it was so it was so important so key I really only saw Brianna Jones and John Coral Jones. Uh, and Alyssa Thomas, I think, had a few more, but it was late, where mm-hmm. they were able to get to the rim and score it will. And a lot of that was the sky crowding the paint. A lot of that was, I think, the sky um, being able to get to those uh, players who were trying to get layups at the rim and again we talked about emma emma does that roy hibbert vertical (laughs) at the the basket and it's effective it's effective i didn't see them jump too many times on closeouts understanding that these connecticut players aren't the ones to shoot from beyond 16 feet necessarily i loved that i loved that from from the sky and that's definitely what i want to see in in game four and honestly it's not their home. Play. It's not their home base. They haven't been that three point shooting team. But I, I, I told the space at halftime. I'm okay with them taking those shots. I'm okay with them taking those open shots that they missed in the second in the second quarter, because those shots. These are pro players. Those shots should go down. At some point, those shots should go down. I'm I'm okay with them taking those shots. It, it took a long time for Emma and Candace to hit those back to back and really much give the sky the lead going into halftime. But I'm okay with them taking those shots. I would rather have them take those than try to find a a more open look and Connecticut get to reset their offense or get to reset their half-court defense. James
0: Wade would tell you the exact same thing. Like, he got frustrated at the beginning of the season when we would talk about, like, the shooting woes from beyond the arc are there, and he'd stop us and be like, I wish you all would stop talking about what's happening from beyond (laughs) the arc. We led the league in field goal percentage because of what the looks that we got from underneath the rim And he's like, we're just going to take open shots. And guess what? It's literally as simple as that. If Allie Quigley is open on the wing and she is one for six from beyond the arc that game, are you really going to tell Allie Quigley to not take a wide open three? It's like, come on, if the shots open, take it. Just, it would be nice for to be able to knock those down a little bit more consistently. The thing that we talked about heading into this series was how the sky don't need to shoot 35% from three to be able to win this series. It's about just hovering more around 30-31%. That's yeah, not, it's not necessarily something you want to aspire for, but that's all they really need from their backcourt, or honestly, everyone on the roster in order to win this series. And They didn't even, honestly, it looks like they don't even need that. (laughs) I honestly, let's just go right into it, Chris. I mean, do you feel like the series is over?
1: Not necessarily. Not necessarily because we don't necessarily know we're going to get. The last game that you need to win is the hardest game to win because of the fact that Connecticut's going to be even more desperate. Connecticut was desperate today. They're going to be even more desperate to win uh, on Tuesday night. Because that's their season and it's such a key season for them, as we've said for the last two weeks. This is such a big moment for the Connecticut Sun as they are, they have offseason decisions to make. So I can't say the series is over yet. They're still at home and they're going to be playing with that desperation. They had some things to, to hang their hats on the plays from Dewana Bonner, uh, even though she didn't shoot it quite well. She still was two or four from three and Natisha Heideman had another quality game. And I'm sure that they believe that if they can try and beat the Sky down early, get that first punch like they did in game one, then maybe they won't have the same amount of energy. It is a slightly short turnaround. But Sky have to, have to win. Because the way that the other series is going, the way that those two teams are, and the way that their rival is, they need to get this series over with as quickly as possible, get some time to scout, and get some time to rest.
0: I hear that. I'd also, again, just talking about desperation, looking at it from another way, I felt like the desperation is almost just like a mental fatigue to the point where I don't think they're going to be able to come back in this one. It's like they really had their best shot in games one and today, and I I just don't think that heading into this series that they could afford to lose a game in Connecticut, honestly, and come out unscathed on the other end and go to the finals. I really do think that this, this is it, man. I thought today was the time to strike in Connecticut. You did you did your job in Chicago. Can you do your job going against the team with the tied for the first best record in the W this season? Can you win two games at home? It didn't happen. I don't think that this team is going to be able to pull out two out of the next three, you know, um, or yeah, or pull out two wins over these next couple of games here. So it's backs against the wall. That's been kind of the whole thing this entire postseason with the sky. They were able to reverse it, and now Connecticut's the one kind of feeling that presence behind them. And the sky have two shots to go back to the WNBA finals. I have a really hard time seeing that they don't nail one of those two opportunities. But Chris, we know we we talked about. Before the show, just keeping this one a little bit short so we can do one a little bit sooner. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show?
1: Man, y'all are going to enjoy these. The, you're going to enjoy this episode for sure, but you're going to enjoy the other episode that I recorded with uh, with uh, Kristen Braswell. So please look out for that one. Uh, as always, folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you, can't, you can't keep us down. You can only delay us. We are the Skyhook Podcast. <laughs>
0: We're going to put that on a t-shirt. Hell um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Underdog, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Well, really all like, thank you so much for tuning into this show and this edition of the skyhook podcast. And if you want to reach out to us, check out the episode description. We have our mailbag, our Twitter account and our Venmo in case you want to contribute financially to our show. We appreciate everyone who's done so so far it really means a ton to me and chris and yeah if you could also take a few seconds to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts where i've been exploring a couple of different ways in which we can add to more of the apps that are out there so make it more accessible for everyone but yeah if you could take a second to subscribe rate and review that would help us out so much and yeah we appreciate you so much until next time